0: Hey, what's up? I'm Martina Abrahams. Welcome to You Had Me at Black. Can you believe it? I saw my first ad for the holidays this week, and it's not even Halloween yet. But it got me thinking about all the traveling I have coming up for the holidays. I'm going home, I'm getting married, and for this girlfriend, planning travel also means planning my hair. I'm sure many of you can relate. I hate waking up on planes or buses with bedhead. And my friend Jakaya put me on the head wraps. Now, you may know Jakaya from Instagram as the Traveling Fro, where she shares the ups and downs and all the fun adventures of solo travel after leaving her corporate job. And she just launched her own line of head wraps. This collection is inspired by her travels and include fabrics and designs from Senegal, Gambia, and Mali, and they're hand-produced and hand-packaged by her and her friends that she's made along the way. Now, what's really exciting is that the You Had Me A Black family is a part of her pre-release. She only has 100 pieces, so no worries about every other girl on your flight rocking up with the exact same head wrap. To learn more about Jakaya, the traveling fro, and her line... And to pre-order your head wrap, go to thetravelingfro.com slash Y-H-M-A-B. Alrighty, let's get to this week's story. Today we'll hear from Elijah, whose fun on St. Patrick's Day took a sobering turn outside a bar in the Marina District in San Francisco. I want you to breathe all this in, breathe all this in. <laughs> You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Bl- bl- black Light in the heart of the city, bl- bl- black, man, black, listen, bl- bl- man. black, black.
1: <laughs> this is You Have Me and Black, we live, baby! So, me and my friends when we were kids, like my friend Larry and Jesse, we would like to uh, go downtown and, like, fuck with white people, specifically. I mean, all people can get it, but, like, the target be white people and, like, doing shit that they do, but, like, they don't like to happen to them. So, funny enough, we would do this cigarette thing where we would, like, come to downtown Oakland and, like, as soon as school lets out, we, like, uh, cough hella hard by people who are smoking cigarettes. It's just like, <laughs> and, like, pretty much die right next to this person who was smoking a cigarette. Lay on the ground and then, like, someone would try to save him and he'd be like, it's the cigarette smoke. Because secondhand chaos Like in like full Like this long thing Right in the middle of downtown Oakland Big ass scene Where people were concerned Until they realized what you're doing And then they're like Oh stupid ass kids Right And then like we just Kind of just continue doing it Because it's fun But like as an adult Right we can't (laughs) We can't do We could But like you know You know we're getting older Like this prank should evolve So what we like to do now Is we like to do White people shit To white people and then see how they react to like their behavior like uh like bumping into you and then not saying, excuse me. We uh start a ritual without understanding. We're gonna go out on this St. Patrick's Day, we're gonna like use our accents and we're gonna just live it up. And so like in true ritual, probably like our third year in a row doing it, we uh, we have my friend print out shirts and the shirts uh have like a like a brown Irish person on them and it says, I wish you would. And, like, we're, like, hella, hella juiced about it. <laughs> like, it's like, ooh, <laughs> this is a nice-ass shirt. This is going to go perfect for it, right? And we're, like, sitting on this shirt for, like, three months, too, like, oh, some really true loser shirt. Like, ooh, three months from now, we're going to be the, the best people at St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we we pregame, and we only drink Irish car bombs, <laughs> and we, we get all the shit together, and uh, we head out to the whitest place we know, the marina in San Francisco. And we are Irish, black Irish people for a night. Yeah, everyone's just super welcoming because, like, we're the only difference in this room, right? Everyone else here is, is actually Irish. And then, like, later on, definitely found someone who was a black Irish person. And then it was, like, hella, like, oh shit, now this feels wrong, right? Um, We're pretty large guys, so we're in there and we're, like, having the drinks. And, like, at a certain point, they buy you alcohol. They're like, oh, hell yeah, Irish car bombs, like... My granddad used to give us those, and it's just like, yeah, my granddad, too. We're Irish, and we're (laughs) drunk for free. I'm 6'3", and I'm the runt of my group of friends. I have, uh, with me, I have two friends that I've known for, like, like 16 years. One is Larry. it's just this really big-ass guy who's, like, super chill, doesn't really say too much. So I'm with him, right? And then on the other, (laughs) complete opposite side of that, uh, I have my friend Jesse, who's, like, this giant, gentle teddy bear of a guy but like he's got like this really really old soul like in true fashion jesse starts a conversation with a guy about irons because that's his favorite thing if you can define me another person that knows irons by name make model and i will pay you so we get into the bar and like some girl zones out on larry and jesse's in a corner talking to this guy about irons i don't even know how that conversation could manifest well what happens next is i have to take a phone call so uh, I go outside to make take the phone call and, you know, I'm not really good at this, right? I've been drinking Irish Cower bombs for like two hours now. I go outside and I see Larry's ex, Kim. <laughs> I know that they didn't end on the best of terms. Like, I'm more than aware of who Larry is and I know who Kim is. Like, I've known Kim longer than Larry knew her. So uh, when I see her, I know it's bad, but like, I'm also thinking like, hey, maybe, you know, because we were friends before she dated my friend, maybe it's, Kinda good. I see her see me when I'm on the phone and I'm like, Okay, she doesn't look angry. <laughs> and then I get off the phone and she goes, Where is he? And I'm like, Okay, it is bad. I'm like, Oh, I don't I don't I don't know where he is, but like, how you been, Kim? How's everything? And then she's like, I know he's fucking here. He's always with you. Where is he? And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So I V line back inside the bar, grab Larry from whatever girl, and uh let him know. Kimberly's outside. Like, you know, and like my energy is like, bruh, you know, like, damn, like night's about to take a turn, you know. I was like, but we should probably just leave now. Maybe find a different place. Like, you know, we've we've definitely maxed out this Irish pub. So uh he's like, nah, it's good, bro. And like, so I'm like, okay, you're not fucking listening. I'm gonna tell Jesse on you. Like, you know, because that's what that's the thing, is Jesse's like the calmest. He's the peaceful one, right? So, um, yeah, so I go tell Jesse. I'm like, hey, Kimberly's outside, and Larry's not respecting it, and she looks mad as fuck. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And so he goes over to Larry, and whatever right wisdom he pumped into Larry. Larry's like, well, "Like whatever, all right, y'all tripping. I'm going to leave because y'all tripping. We leave or whatever, and we're as we're leaving, she's like, you know, in the line. She was coming into this place anyway. So as we pass, she's like, oh, okay, well, Fuck this place. I need to talk to Larry now and tell him exactly how I feel about whatever it is that happened. And so she goes over to Larry. I try to, like, dead it. Like, right? I'm like, hey, you know, whatever he did, hey, I know he did it. I know my friend. But, like, you know, you think it's going to get solved right now? Like, I'm just trying to talk some sense into her. But obviously sense is not what she's rocking with right now. So all the shit, like, plays out, right? She comes over to Larry and she gets to, like, yelling and all the stuff. and like, And, like, he's not giving her anything. He's a stale face, and he's just looking at her, and she's all emotion, which I'm sure is making her even madder, right? He's not giving her any reaction, which he never does, though, so it's kind of weird. Like, you know your ex. Like, you knew he wasn't going to. But anyway, all that plays out. She's got her friends with her, right? And there's, like, a, a dude, and then there's two girls, and then there's, uh, there's like, a, a bigger girl. And the, the bigger girl goes over and feels like this is the moment, and she punches Larry and like I'm like oh like damn that's a that's a turn right and I know that personally for Jesse he doesn't like that he doesn't like when like women hit men because of the space it puts men in like it's like now I, like if he hit you back he wrong and if he don't hit you are you gonna keep hitting him like just don't put your hands on people is more so his stance on it which I think should be everyone's stance so Jesse's like oh fuck right and I'm like yeah no, know we're kind of like involved and we didn't talk but it was like the faces it was like oh we got to go over there now as, like, we're, like, trying to, like, move Larry away and, like, she's still yelling her stuff and, like, the girl who hit him is feeling really good, right? Because she just punched a guy she didn't even know. Immediately after that, like, boom! like, police are here. We're like, cool, yeah, police are here. They should go arrest the big girl because she's punching people in the streets on so fucking, she punched an Irish person on St. Patrick's Day. Like, we should all be upset about this. We're Irish and she hit us and they just come straight to us. Can you guys step over here, please? And we're like, Why? And he's like, just step over here. And it's like, you know, right? That's what cops go to. Like, just listen to me because I said it. And she's like, bro, I don't even know you. Right. And I don't even have a dad. I don't even know how to listen to older men. So like, what? No, nah, I'm not fucking going over there. I'm not stepping to the side. And he's like, Well, you need to step over here. And I'm like, looking. And I'm like, over here's the alleyway. Nah, yeah, fuck you, dog. I'm not going in that alleyway with you. Like, definitely not. That's a for sure setup. And he's like, so more cops are coming as we're going back and forth with him. And they're coming fast. Like, I'm talking about they were still yelling at us and the police had already arrived. This all happens in, like, five minutes. So, like, I'm sure they're patrolling the area because it's St. Patrick's Day, but, like, damn, it's hell of y'all right now. So they're telling us to go, right? And, like, they're starting to do their whole, like, hands-on thing where they're, like, the proximity is off. Like, bro, you're way too close to me, like, to hold a conversation. Like, people don't talk this close. Like, no, so as they're moving closer... I think without us even realizing it, we're moving away from them. Like, hey, nah, I'm not finna, like, I'm not going in that alleyway. And so before we know it, (laughs) talking about going in alleyway, (laughs) like, we've backed ourselves into the alleyway while talking about not going. I was like, fuck. The crowd is no longer interested in this part of it, right? The girls aren't yelling anymore. So, like, we're in a fucking alleyway and no one's looking. And at this point, I want to say there's probably, like, six officers, not even any cars yet. I'm like, okay, I'm not a fan of this shit at all. And so then another cop car pulls up from the opposite side and another cop car pulls up from the opposite side. And I'm like one of those people that like says what's on my mind so that you can better understand me. Like, let me say this to you so that you know exactly where I'm at in this moment. Like mentally, you can't read my mind. So let me go ahead and get this shit to you. Right. And I was like, I don't feel safe. I don't don't feel safe. Not feeling safe right now. And I'm smiling Because, like, this is uncomfortable, and, like, I tend to smile with him, but, like, I want you to know I'm not feeling good right now. Uh, Jesse's just more so standing there, and he's like, this is some bullshit, right? So he just kind of like, like, oh, God, like, can't wait till this gets worked out and we go on with our night. And he just, like, comes, goes, and sits on some stairs that are right there. And then so it's just me and Larry standing there, and one of the cops is like, I want to talk to you over here. And Larry's like, about, like, nah, Right, because he's like trying to take him deeper into the alleyway, and he's like, no, nah. right, and I'm like, yeah, no, I think we're we're all gonna stay together, right, and like Jesse just has like no words, right. He's sitting on the stairs like this is dumb as fuck, and uh, another officer comes over who's a little bit bigger in stature, and he's um he's not that big, but I'm sure to him he's like he's not our size, he's maybe five ten, five eleven, and uh he's like he's like you need to step over here, and he was like, are you, and Larry goes, are you the are you the big you're the big dog? Are you, the, are you the muscle? Right? And he's, like, using, like, this really, like, very dainty little girl voice to, like, antagonize him. And, like, I'm like, right? Larry has all of the issues with authority. Right? Like, we all got it. But his is, like, next, next level. So we're in this alleyway. And this guy who feels like he's a big guy is challenging Larry. And he's obviously authority. Right? You have a badge and a gun and mace and whatever other weapon you need. It's just, there's a point. Right there's a point where I go. If he keeps doing that, then Larry's gonna give him a reason. Like Larry's for sure gonna play right into what it is that he's trying to do. Like just because he has problems with authority, and this guy obviously isn't gonna deal well, right? Because Larry's gonna be very condescending, and like it's it's inevitable. Like these two are gonna, and I'm like fuck, right? So Larry goes, you know what? Yeah, I will walk over there with you. Oh, fuck, like, nah, bro, stay over here He's like, no, no, I'm gonna walk with the little guy over here And see what he wants to say to me <laughs> And I'm just like, fuck, and I'm looking at Jesse like, bro Help me, like, some things are spiraling Like, we're in the alleyway There's more cops now, right? And so Larry's over to the side And he's, he's talking or whatever To the dude, and he's like The look on his face that he's looking at him with is like Nah, I'm not listening to you You're adorable, and I hate you And the dude's getting more upset He's, like, pacing around and shit I'm like, all right, well, this is a lot. This is a lot. Can anybody tell us, you know? Now I'm talking to like maybe like eleven officers at this point. When are you guys gonna, uh, like, you know, tell us what this is about? Why are you keeping us? Like, because the girls, the girls are—they're right. The girls are leaving. The girls are leaving. The girl—they're gone. The people who did the thing is now gone. And when I'm saying that, I'm like, bro, can we just leave this alleyway? And like, what's happening? Like, why ain't nobody saying nothing? And then this <laughs> this one officer comes. And he's got this long ass, uh, it was like croquet mallet. It's like a flat bat, like, but it's hella heavy. And it's just like he's just dragging it. And like, like, like what the entire like it felt like a horror movie. Like where it's just like just like coming. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is that? (laughs) No other emotion should come across you when there's this dude dragging his big ass, like Resident Evil weapon, like towards you. I'm like, then he's dragging it. It felt weird because no one acknowledged me saying that. Right. And I went, okay, definitely don't feel safe now. Not with him here with that. Like, you gonna you plan on using that? No one's talking, except for the guy who's talking to Larry over there. And so the dude comes by and he and he says he says something along the lines of like, you guys, like, you know, like black people always doing shit or like something like that. And so like now I'm talking to him, like cause he's the only person who's used words in the last 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, I just, okay, again, I don't feel safe. And he goes, oh, okay, so go ahead, play your little victim race card where, like, all the, I was like, nah, it's not a victim race card. It's just more so, like, people who look like you keep killing people who look like me. So if I'm paying attention to the world right now, I shouldn't feel safe. And, like, he was saying something, and I don't know what I, I said something, I'm pretty sure it was a smart-ass remark, but it, like, incited a bunch of anger in him, and he, like, kind of in a weird way crossed this space that no one had crossed yet, right? Like, I'm on the curb, and they're in the street, and, like, people hadn't gotten in this, like, middle space. So he crosses it. When he does that, right, then Jesse, who was sitting down, right? So there's probably, like, eight officers who have no idea how big Jesse is. He's been sitting down because he thinks this is stupid. But when the guy crosses that space, then Jesse goes into protective mode over his friends. So he stands up, and he's like, hold on, right? Right? And his very old-ass nigga voice, (laughs) a whole room, right? So, and the guy, when he sees how big Jesse is, he feels fear. Well, Jesse's height and size and this deep-ass voice just straight to his heart. i just seen the guy just, like, in his breath and, like, his breathing's up and his chest is, like, really pumping. And I'm like, that's weird, right? Because it's either fear or you're genuinely excited about this confrontation that you think's about to manifest, and so Jesse's like why like why are you moving towards him? And he goes you need to sit back down. He was like I chose to sit down. No one told me to sit down, which means I can choose to stand up. The arguments are starting to like happen, right? Because if Jesse stands up and now Jesse's speaking in his very aggressive voice. Well, like he's our safety. Like he's the person who tells us like, "Hey, don't do that," or "Come on, guys," like all the shit, right? So then Larry sees Jesse get up and have this body language of aggression. He moves the officer who's talking to him out the way with one hand. He's like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Like, yo, little ass, like, I was entertaining you. Like, I don't have to actually listen to you. And my brain is just like, oh, fuck. This is happening, right? And I'm freaking out because these two guys are my son's godfathers. Like, I chose these two. This is like, you know, me, right? Dad's gone. Uh... To godfather number one will also be gone godfather number two will also be gone like I thought I had a really good plan when I picked you guys shit's all falling apart right now in this moment there's another little black boy with no father figure right or anything like that and killed by police so like whoa those complexes are gonna like stack up he's gonna really be fucked right by the time he 15 and like I'm panicking cause I'm thinking about all those things like I know that they're thinking about themselves right now because like that's just how it works when you have a kid it's just like gotta get home to him he likes me a lot (laughs) like you know he likes his dad i'm freaking out it's definitely gonna happen like almost like i think like i'm pretty sure my body language is like shoulders down like fuck, man as this is all happening and larry's moving the guy jesse's standing up the guy with the flat bat is now his attention's on jesse Everything's starting to come to a head and things are getting, like, super intense and it's definitely, like, out of my hands now. Then this uh, security guard who knows us from coming here um, shows up and he's got, like, this badge. Like, he's seeing the fight. He's seeing the argument. He's seeing the police, like, push off or whatever. He just came over and, like, flashed, like, whatever little badge that he had. Whatever the badge is, everyone in law enforcement instantly respected it. Like, they instantly were like, oh, okay, we got to listen to him. And he, like, completely explains the whole night. He explains us walk over. He explains Kimberly yelling at Larry. He explains the big girl punching. And then it's like, he explains all the shit, right? And it was, like, right on time, right? But, like, also, where the fuck were you? So he comes over and he talks to whoever he needs to talk to, almost like clockwork, as it starts to be, like, this resolve thing. The guy with the flat bat just left. And I'm just kinda standing there, right, as the police are just like dispersing. And I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck? Right. And I think Jesse's like talking to the guy and saying like thank you and shit. And I'm just kinda in a daze. Like I recognize that he was he was helping. But like the uh the it's like the the Charlie Brown thing. Like, wah 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 and I'm just like to be ex- like it's it's a weird space to be accepted of death. Like right after that, we were like trying to like continue tonight right it's like, oh okay yeah yeah right because like black guys are not talking about their feelings but we're not feeling it right so it's just like all right bro let's leave and we go to like call the uber and we're waiting on the uber uh i think larry says something along the lines of, like way to shuck and jive lodge right because i spent my entire time trying to defuse it and i was like fuck you like what like you don't have a son you're not being strategic. Actually, y'all left me out to dry. It's we all know what they wanted us to do. Like, I needed y'all to be smarter than that, and you guys, like, egg the shit on. We have, like, this weird, awkward-ass Uber ride back to the house. But, like, my my main focus is just, like, I want to just go see my son. I can't wait to hug him and shit, All <laughs> right. So I just felt like it was important to, like, share this story because in a weird way, it's, like, speaking for those that can't because they're not here.
0: This story was produced by Miles Dotson and Jody Williams. Music and scoring by Miles Dotson. This episode was mixed and mastered by Miles Dotson. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you like what you just heard, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Hey, y'all. It's me again, Martina. I wanted to give a quick update on our kickbacks in Houston, Miami, and Oakland. Unfortunately, we have to postpone going to those cities, but do not worry, we will still be hitting them. So in the meantime, you can join our email list at youhadmeatblack.com to be the first to know when we have updated dates and when tickets go on sale. If you're interested in volunteering as a story coach or at the event, shoot us an email at talktous at youhadmeatblack.com. And of course, we are always accepting story submissions. So if you have a story or an experience to share with us, you can go to youhadmeatblack.com slash story. Thank you so much for your patience and understanding, and we can't wait to see you guys soon. Peace.
1: This is season four of You Had Me at Black.